the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's right. You heard me. It's Friday. It's a good day today. We made it through the week. We got to work today, and then uh, hopefully, uh, like me, you got a couple of days off. Well, not exactly a couple of days off, because I'll come in tomorrow. We'll do the, you know, the uh, auto guys. We'll do the truck and car doctors. I come in and do that. Then I'll go over to uh, BJ's um, and have breakfast, and then I'll head home. And it looks like it's going to be pretty nice tomorrow. Yesterday turned in to an exceptional day. But I spent uh, the early afternoon sleeping. I got I got done here. Had to go get, you know, every three months, if you're a type 2 diabetic, you just got to show up and have some blood drawn, get an A1C, which I wasn't happy with mine. It was up. But anyway, uh, went and did that. And I didn't get done until almost noon. And I got home. And I sat down on the couch, and I put my feet up, and I went to sleep. I woke up at almost 5 o'clock. I was stunned. I don't Normally, I sleep like an hour, and then I wake up and uh, want to do some t- stuff yesterday. But I uh, went to sleep yesterday, and evidently, I needed to sleep, and I slept. And I got a good night's sleep the night before. So, what can I say? I don't know. I don't know. Matt Smith is here. Matt, do you take a nap during the day? Good morning. Good morning. Good, <laughs> Good morning. morning. You know, sometimes my son, who just turned three, uh-huh. he'll want to lure me in. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I'll be trying to get him to nap, and he wants to con me with, sleep with daddy. Sleep with daddy. That's sleep it. with daddy. Yeah. And he'll try to, you know, he'll try to try to get on me and he wants me to, you know. And so then he's just like a little, he's like a tranquilizer dart, right? So, I mean, <laughs> you know, as soon as you try to lay him down, he cuddles up on you and it'll just, yeah. just knock you out. I mean, just knock you out. I mean, you're just, you're out. I mean, yep. it, it, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know. Breathing in the same air as a kid must be melatonin. <laughs> he always tries to get me. So, if I mean, you know, so I, if I want to get something done, I got to try to, you know, get him down without him luring me in, you know. Yeah, I got you. I, I, I just passed out yesterday. Don't know why. Uh, maybe it was the macaroni salad I ate before I, I, I laid down on the on the couch. I don't know. I didn't. You know, I didn't really lay down. You know, you just gotta lay back in your in the recliner, and that's the last thing I remember. I was watching uh, what was it, Cabin in the Sky on AMC, and then okay. out. I was out. Nineteen thirty six. Uh, Bill Robinson was in it. People know that Bill Robinson is Mr. Bojangles, and uh, 
He was great. I got to tell you, he was great. There was a part in the movie you would have loved, Matt. He's sitting there and he's dancing, right? And there's this jazz band that was on the the riverboat that they were taking to Memphis. And uh, he was tired because he'd been uh, toting that bale, you know, on the uh, on the ship. And he says, I ain't going to get up for three days. And then uh, he starts hearing the music. And he's laying out, right? And then it takes a shot of him from his feet to his, to his head. And his feet won't stop moving. You know, he's hearing the jazz music. So he gets up and he goes up and he joins them. And he starts clapping and dancing with them. And he takes a, a cup of sand and throws it on the deck. And does a little that soft shoe with sand. It was great stuff. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Classic cinema. I love classic cinema like that. It was absolutely wonderful uh, to watch. So tell us what's going on at the movies. Uh, uh, how are things going at Riverdale? I see AMC is talking about going out of business again. And Cinemark says they're going to open up middle of this month. Uh, you know, uh, pretty pretty much all of those major chains will, will drag around and, you know, slowly pull their head out and probably get going June the 26th. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, we opened back on May 18th, um, you know, and we have movies for $5. Right. And we've got a lot of concession specials going. Uh, we've got candy on for $2 right now. Uh, we're selling White Castle cheeseburger sliders, which I know you love, for $2. you got to um, know I love, I love my White Castles. Can't yes. get them fresh down here except, you know, with you guys. Just the way it yes. is. And, of course, uh, we've got uh, nachos for $4, and we've got various uh, beer and wine discounts. So, uh, you know, an extremely uh, discounted bargain experience at the movies currently anytime. And, I mean, these tickets and prices are good every day, including the weekends. So uh, we're up and running. Um, of course, you can catch us in Little Rock at Riverdale10.com. Um, got a couple of new movies this week. Um Mighty Oak from Paramount Pictures, PG-13, um, and that is a uh, that is a new one. Okay. Um, and also new this week is the High Note um, that is playing, and it is PG-13 as well. Uh-huh. And we are playing Space Jam. All right, Bugs. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, E.T., uh, the original Jurassic Park. Uh, we're playing the Goonies. Uh, Bad Boys for Life, The Invisible Man, <laughs> Trolls World Tour, uh, the faith-based motion picture, I Still Believe, and we are playing E.T. So a uh, great time to get out, see some um, awesome films on the big screen. And, you know, you're talking about a couple hours of entertainment for $5. Can't beat the price. Okay, everybody's wondering what Mighty Oak is. Uh, Mighty Oak is about a music manager whose life is shattered when her brother and lead vocalist, Vaughn, is killed in a tragic accident. Ten years later, when a young guitar prodigy, Oak Scroggins, get it, mighty Oak, Oak Scroggins, enters her orbit, she becomes convinced that this young man is the reincarnation of Vaughn. But is he? Interesting. Okay, so might be a, a decent movie to go see. It's, uh, they're saying it's a comedy, and you're right, it's PG-13, and uh, looks like it might be pretty good, you know? Anything yeah. gets good, man, when you don't have movies, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, yes. I mean, it's, uh, it's, from, uh, it's from Paramount Pictures, um, you know, just a, um, just a cool little film 
uh, brand new, uh, glad to get in, get it played. And, of course, um, also the High Note, new film. Uh-huh. And got the classics on that people have been requesting. You know, we've been taking requests for movies, and these have been requested. We've had a lot of people come out and watch the Harry Potter movies. We're playing them all, one every week. We're up to Harry Potter 3 this week in um, uh, at Riverdale in Little Rock. And then uh, in Batesville, Cersei, Cabot, and Hot Springs, uh, all of those locations are also playing the Mighty Oak and uh, the High Note. And then all of those locations are playing Harry Potter 2. Um, we're, all, we're playing Trolls at all of them, Invisible Man. Um, of course, uh, Space Jam is at all locations. Uh, Jurassic Park 2, uh, that's playing. So, um, you know, you can catch us in Cersei at CerseiCinema.com. Uh, we're in Batesville at OaksVIPCinema.com. Uh, in Hot Springs, it's Hot Springs vip.com and then in cabot as you know it's cabot vip cinema.com or hey just go to riverdale tn and click theaters and they'll all pop up for you whatever makes it easy for you and takes you there exactly and yeah and and you know we're serving beer and wine in uh cabot um in little rock at riverdale 10 and of course in hot springs at the hot springs 8 vip cinema hey i saw so. something that i mm-hmm. haven't seen in a long long time mm-hmm. a movie is coming out only in the drive-ins that are still working here in the United States, and it's called Becky. Have you heard about this? Uh, you know, I'm sure somebody will call me about that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, and, and bring I mean, I understand me. it's not a big, big movie, uh, but uh, it's, it looks like it would be a great movie at the drive-in. Well, uh, what they're doing is um, uh, Mighty Oak, for example, they have released that to drive-ins across America and any movie theaters cool. that are open that want to play it. Cool. Right? Yeah. And and the same thing with High Note. You know, that's in some drive-ins across the country and any movie theaters that are open that want to play it. And and I'm sure Becky would be the same way. Um, you know, if, if, um, if um, you know, you want to run that and you're open, uh, I think they're technically saying um, – you know, I think they're technically saying drive-ins because there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of communities that have a theater right now and they're just not open. The chains aren't open. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned AMC. Um, you know, they've got they've got 630 locations. Um, you know, 400 of those locations are top-notch operations. Um, and wherever a real AMC is located, uh, you know, it's a top-of-the-notch cinema. Beautiful, best theater in town. Uh, the number one theater in the United States is the AMC Empire 25 uh, at Times Square. Yeah. Uh, the number two theater in the United States is the AMC 18 in Burbank, California. Those Neither of them are open right now, for sure. That's correct. Those two locations sell more tickets than any other location in North America. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the big, biggest two, busiest two theaters in, in the United States and Canada. So, you know, they have 630 locations. 400 of those locations for sure will be back. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and they'll be up and running. Uh, they're just uh, extremely valuable properties, and people go to them and attend them. AMC's issue is, you know, roughly 200, 230 of its locations uh, they purchased them from Carmike when they put Carmike bought Carmike out five years ago, and those theaters were a mix of smaller little chains that Carmike had put together. Uh-huh. They're they're not true AMC facilities. A lot of them weren't true Carmike facilities. 
they're kind of a mismatched jigsaw puzzle. Uh, a lot of them are extremely old. A lot of them are in terribly bad shape. Uh, and they have been slowly closing some of those theaters over the years. Um, when they when they first bought out Carmike, there was about 303 of those locations. And they had slowly been cutting those locations loose and shutting them down. And uh, over that five-year period of time, they shrank that footprint from 303 to about 230 locations. A lot of those just simply won't reopen. Uh, they just won't be back. Um, you know, they're in terribly bad shape. Attendance at those locations was falling anyway. And, um, you know, this, this uh, virus plus the protests plus the riots are going to kill those off. But now those top-of-the-line premium AMCs, uh, those will be back. You know, okay. if you're in a big city and you got an AMC, it'll open. It'll be back. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's just, um, and if AMC was to go away and something was to happen, someone else would pick those locations up. Another major worldwide chain would grab onto those locations. But, no, I do believe those 400 will survive. Now, those 200 other spots, you know, uh, they'll let those go. I mean, um, you know, that theater in Pine Bluff was an AMC. You know, now Pine Bluff does not have a movie theater. Um, you know, that theater in Bella Vista was an AMC. Uh, Bella Vista does, does not have a movie theater anymore. Huh. So, you know, there's examples of that across the country. Interesting, interesting. And I had I read that this morning uh, mm-hmm. was one of the stories that I got several different news sites that forward mm-hmm. me what they think I'll be interested in, and that was one of the stories that they thought I'd be interested in, and I am. Uh, Carmike are saying now that, you know, like I said, they're going to open up in the middle of June and get going. Other theater chains are not saying. You have beaten them all. You've been open now for a couple of weeks. Yes, we opened back on May the 18th. And, um, you know, I mean, AMC has got to call the boss in Beijing, China, and let him tell them what they want to do. That's a Chinese-owned company. Regal is owned by a company um, called Cineworld. Uh, when they bought Regal several years ago, they just they just kept the Regal name in the United States. But Cineworld owns that company, and they are based in Europe. So uh, that's where the, pow- the 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 powers that be for those two chains are overseas. Uh, but I I think uh, most most places in the United States will be open by June 26th, and everybody will be open by the by the Fourth of July. Slowly but surely, uh, the independent operators are coming online. Uh, and I expect some of the regional chains to be open on the 19th, and then I expect the uh, the big major players to be going either the 26th or the 4th. You know, we are uh, <clears throat> we're probably right now 30 days away from all cinemas being open in the United States and Canada. We're well, about 30 th- days out. Okay, so that would tell me 30 days from now they're expecting they're going to have some new product that they can start uh, start showing. We'll talk about that when we come back. Let's get our break in. First one for the day. It's uh, 21 minutes after 6. we got more with Matt Smith, the film guru here in central Arkansas. He'll be back with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, the answer. Back. Matt Smith is our guest. Matt is the movie guru of central Arkansas, and, and that he just doesn't like movies he bought the theater. He's like uh, Robert Kraft, man. He didn't like the vacuum just like it. He bought the company. Well, <laughs> Matt, Matt's out taking care of he didn't just like movies. He got in the business. What can I say? And he's done well with it. And uh, it's been a rough hole for him here over the last 11, 12 weeks. But 
Things will get back to normal in the near future here, Matt. What what movies can we expect to see? Uh, what's the first one that's coming out? I, I saw that well, they're getting a little shaky on Tenet, whether they're going to show it or not. Well, there, I mean, there's, you know, like we talked about last Friday, the High Note was released um, today. They're releasing the Mighty Oak. Next Friday is the King of Staten Island. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the, um, the theaters are open, have new movies to play. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, everybody needs to get open uh, before the general public can um, can tune in. Uh, a lot of people just um, just are out of the loop, which you know I I I don't understand. Um, I you know I I um, I don't understand people who do not read their local newspaper, listen to their <laughs> local radio station, watch their local news. Uh, they know more about what's going on in Philadelphia than what's going on in their hometown sometimes. Yeah. So that that, that kind of confuses me. But it, we've been open since May the 18th. Every single day somebody walks in the front door and says, well, I didn't know y'all was open. Uh, well, you know, why? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's We've been website. talking it's, about it for a while now. Yeah, it's on our website. It's on our recorder Showtime's phone. You know, it's on our it's on our Facebook page. I mean, how, how do you how do you not know? Where do you get your info? Well, they sure, you know, and I evidently guess, I guess, it's not here. What's that? Evidently, it's not here that they get right. their info. If they did, right. they'd be here and listen it. They get it off their social media with their so-called friends who are also out of the loop. Yeah, <laughs> you're right about that. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I but agree. Right. <clears throat> some uh, some other some some good films that are coming up. Um, July one, you have Unhinged. That looks uh, with, pretty uh, good with Russell Crowe. That yeah, is, that's, that's Road Rage. That's all about yeah. Road Rage. Yes. Uh, and also on July 1, you have the Outpost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a small team of U.S. soldiers battling against hundreds of Taliban fighters in Afghanistan. Okay. That is July 1. Uh, July 3rd is St. Maud from Area 24 Films. Ooh. Yep. No one has dropped into July 10th yet, but someone will. As we get closer, uh, they will stick a movie on that date. That'll be a good date to go. Somebody will do that. July 17th is Tenet. July 24 is Mulan. July 31st, The Green Knight. Okay. August 7th, SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. <laughs> also, August 7th is The Empty Man from 20th Century Fox. Uh, on the trail of a missing girl, an ex-con comes across a secretive group attempting to summon terrifying supernatural entity. Based on the comic book series, The Empty Man. That's August 7th. Uh, August 14th is Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. Yes. Also, August 14th is the one and only Ivan. Okay. From Walt Disney Films. A gorilla named Ivan tries to piece together his past with the help of an elephant named Stella as they hatch a plan to escape from captivity. Is this, is is this animated? Uh, adventure animation comedy. Okay. August 14th is Greenland from STX. Uh, that's the tentative date they have set for that. I think that movie will move to July 10th. Okay. Uh, they haven't released that information, but I talked to my guy at STX, and I think they're going to move that up <clears throat> as their confidence builds, you know, as we're going forward. Okay. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be fun. August 21st. Right. Um, Antebellum, which is a horror film from... Um, Lionsgate is August 21st. The New Mutants, August 28th. 
I've been man, we've all been waiting that for that movie for almost two years, so it's time to finally get it out. All right. I got hold on. I got news. We'll be back. Twenty five minutes to seven, bat with Matt back with Matt Smith. And he and I have been talking about the movie theaters uh, across central Arkansas that he owns, which are the VIP cinemas in Hot Springs, in Little Rock, in uh, Cabot, in Searcy, and in Batesville. And uh, they're open for business. Got a couple of uh, Mighty Oak is a new movie out, High Point new movie out. Go see some classic movies while you're at it as well. Uh, enjoy some of that great theater popcorn and, uh, you know, the – a drink of your choice or maybe some candy or a, or a hot pizza, which are really good, by the way, and uh, enjoy yourself. Get away for a few hours and forget about everything that's going out, going on and around you. And don't worry about protest uh, marches and riots and all kinds of stuff, you know, kind of de-stress yourself just a tad. That would be a good thing to do, I believe. So it gives you an opportunity to get out and, and do a few things. Hey, coming up in the next hour, Robert Steinbach will be us uh, be with us. I'll talk about Antifa with him. I'll talk about defunding the police, one of the craziest ideas I've ever heard, but a lot of you are falling for it. I got, we got a bad cop up in Minneapolis. Well, we got four bad cops in Minneapolis, so now let's defund the police all over the United States. It's crazy. Absolutely uh, crazy. And by the way, um, that reminded me, I promised you that I would talk to Matt about politics today. He likes to talk about politics. And uh, so let me play a sheriff down in Florida. I love this guy. He's my man. Cut number 23. This is Sheriff Grady. Listen to this one. We have received information on social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. Hey! This guy needs to run for president. I love that. That's good. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. That that's right crazy. on. That's that's saying it right, I believe, as far crazy. as that. And I, I would say that, you know, there was a, a thing running around on the Internet that Ant, uh, Antifa was evidently in the area, is what they're saying, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. they were going to take back the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, it was enough that in the neighborhood I live in, they closed the gates. You couldn't mm-hmm. come into the front of the neighborhood. There's a way to get into mm-hmm. it in the back. You can't mm-hmm. come in the front. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't get out through the front and because they took it seriously. And I can tell you this. If you were to come into any of the houses in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. you would have been met with armed people. I'm just saying those are foolish people. If they think they're just going to waltz in the houses in, in, in Arkansas, I got to think. Well, a couple of comments on that. And, 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 and you know, Here's, here's my thing about gated neighborhoods. Um, too many codes to the gate. Those gates are cute, but there's too many codes. Um, all the FedEx and UPS and Amazon drivers have a code. Um, Bite Squad has a code. Grubhub has a code. 
Uh, anybody delivering food has a code. Anybody that's delivering groceries has a code. So uh, your cute little gate in your neighborhood, it's cute. But, um, you know, I- I- anybody can punch in their little code and get in there. Couldn't do, that, couldn't do that in ours. Ours was padlocked. I'm glad to hear it. People follow people follow others through the gate. Yes, they do. They do that. I'll tell you what happened to me. Now, you know, I've got a couple dogs, you know. <laughs> um, I've got a Belgian and I've got a German Shepherd. Yeah, you got little dogs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hannibal and Harley. Um, and, and uh, you know, they, they are, um, yeah, they're from K-9 Protection International, CPI. Uh-huh. Yeah, got a couple of dogs. And, and, and I'll tell you what happened at my house uh, a few days ago. Okay. okay. Guy pulled up and threw a bag over the fence. And I guess he threw the bag over the fence to see if the sign that says, you are under video surveillance, beware of dogs. It's got a picture of a dog biting a guy's butt. (laughs) Yeah. That's the sign. I guess he threw the bag over the gate, over the fence, to see if the sign was real. And, of course, he tosses that bag over, and here come the dogs. Right. So I just yelled out at the guy, hey, man, why are you throwing a bag over my fence? Got his car drove off. Huh. You know what was in the bag? What? Meat. Ah, trying to draw the dogs there so he could do get in your house and take stuff. Dude, I will email you the picture. Craziest thing. Craziest thing. I've ever, I, Crazy. So, yes, yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. There's some crazy people out there right now. You better no test that. It. You better test that meat. It may have been poisoned. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's yeah, it's weird. It was weird. Yeah, was weird. I guess you wanted to test to see if the sign was real. But now to our sheriff who needs to run for needs to run for president. Now you know, bear in mind what I'm going to tell you. My dad was a law enforcement officer. Yes, he was. Uh, did his entire life and and, and retired from that. And I know these people are out there saying stupid things like let's defund the police department, things like that. They had a discussion the other day um, with the mayor of Little Rock, and the biggest thing that they wanted to change uh, with the police department, some of these people that were protesting, number one, they want more training, which, you know, I can agree with that, more training. But the second thing they wanted to do was um, require all the police that work for the Little Rock Police Department to live in the Little Rock city limits. Yes. That's kind of a popular thing across the country. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people on the news talking about the police training. But what no one mentions and what really would solve the problem is pay. Pay them. You need to pay them more. Um, you know, right now at most police departments across the country, they're shorthanded. They don't have enough police officers. None of their academy classes are full. They don't have enough people going through the police academy and coming online that can become police officers. Well, let me ask you something, Matt. Would you want to be a police officer right now where nobody's standing up for you? Everybody looks at you as though you're corrupt and that all you want to do is bash their head? No, you don't want to be a police officer right now, but I would just say, you know, this time last year, why would you want to be a police officer? I'll give you a prime example. You can go to work at UPS right now for $28 an hour, driving a UPS truck. That pays... um, $59,000, almost $60,000 a year, right? Okay. You can go to work for the Little Rock Police Department for $38,000 a year. Yeah, put your butt on the line and get shot. Don't have to worry that typically when you're UPS. Yeah, Yeah. so, so, you know, I I don't understand the philosophy behind this. We're going to take somebody 
And what are the requirements? Let me see. They got to be 21 or older, have a high school diploma, never been convicted of a felony. That's the requirement, right? right? We're going to hire them and send them to a eight week course down in Camden, Arkansas. It's not really an eight week course. They actually go Monday through Thursday, so it's four days. Uh, you go for a couple of months, so you know uh, you've actually got you know roughly. 16 days of training, you know, Wow. <laughs> so 32 days of training, we're going to pay that person, you know, if you're in a smaller town like Cab at about 30 grand a year, we're going to let them strap a gun on their hip and put them out on the street. Now yeah. this person has life or death decisions to make that, you know, they, they're holding life and death in their hand. They are carrying a sidearm, right? And we're paying these people the least amount of money we possibly can. Now, uh, you had heart surgery, right? Yes. Did you look for the cheapest heart surgeon? Yeah, I did. You I did? Mean, you did? I, no, <laughs> did you, I, I didn't. Did you, say, I wanna, did you say, man, I want to find the guy that's going to do his heart surgery as cheaply as possible? Yeah, here's what I did. I went to my right. cardiologist, and I said, who, who should I choose? And he told exactly. me. Exactly. But you didn't ask the price, did you? No, I did not. It was life or death, right? That's correct. So every day we are putting people on the street with firearms and a badge, they have the, the, the power of life and death over everybody they come into contact with, and you pay them crumbs, absolute crumbs, you know? But when you talk to one of these goofball local politicians, and by the way, if the cops are bad in Minneapolis or the cops are bad in Little Rock, that's on your mayor and your city council. It's got nothing to do with the Senate or the president or who's in the House of Representatives. It's got nothing to do with Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Donald Trump. If your local police department's horrible, it's because your mayor and your city council are not making the correct decisions. It's called local politics. That's correct. Yes. So you'll look at these guys, and they'll, they'll cry a baby around. And say, well, we just, we just don't have the money. We don't have the money. And then they want to stick a property tax on you or a millage or an A&P tax, or they'll try to slide in a special election on you to raise some money to pay for You've got plenty of money. Yes, you do. You can, you, can go to, you can go to downtown Little Rock right now, and you can see that trolley rolling around. costs millions of dollars, and nobody's riding it. You can go to downtown Little Rock and walk around and look at these sculptures that are sitting out there by the river. they got millions of dollars in this, right? You can ride a bicycle trail. You know, I mean, I, if you do it tonight, I'd wear my bulletproof vest and take my gun. But you can ride a bicycle trail, right? That costs millions of dollars, right? But the starting pay for a policeman is thirty-eight grand a year. Where's the stupidity behind this, right? Yeah, you're right. You go to Cabot, you know, in Cabot, you've got that, uh, you got that taxpayer finance water park. Yeah, baby. Right. Yeah, we got that. Got a taxpayer finance water park there in Cabot. You know, and and you, the, the taxpayer paid for that. Everybody that buys anything in the city of Cabot gets to pay for that water park, whether they go to that water park or not, right? That's correct. And I'm not against water parks. I, hey, I think if you know a, a business person goes out and gets them a bank loan and builds a water park and sells tickets for people to go to the water park, more power to them. That's the American way. If, if, if you can sell enough tickets every year to put a water park in your town, I think every town should have a water park. Let me you know, ask you, let's here, let, let's, let's put it in a way that now, I... Hold up, let me finish. Let okay, me finish. go ahead. If you took the money from the Cabot Water Park, right, and you didn't spend it on the water park, you could double the salary of every law enforcement officer in Cabot and pay that out for the next 10 years. Don't have to have a special election, don't have to raise any taxes, 
don't have to increase anything that's going on. Simply don't build a water park. Take that money. You can spend that by and on the police department. You could double the salary of every law enforcement officer and pay that money out for the next 10 years. Everybody's salary is doubled for the next decade by simply not building the water park. Right. I got you. I mean, I understand. I understand your point specifically. I mean, I I understand that. I've been saying this for a long time. When when a mayor comes to you and say we don't have enough money for the police, what you got to say is then you're spending the money wrong because you're not budgeting because you got plenty of money. Right. He's right. He's 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 lying to you. And yeah. they'll, they'll they'll lie to you and tell you stuff like, well, you know, we need. We need a new community center. We need a new swimming pool. We need a new library because this is going to create jobs and grow our town. Uh-huh. No dummy. No dummy. Why does somebody decide where they're going to live? Number one, there's a good school system there. Number two, there's good affordable housing. Number three, there's jobs. Nobody is, is, is riding around in their car saying, man, I'd love to live in this town. There's no crime here. It's safe. they got a great school. You know, there's a house over there that's beautiful. I love it. But doggone you know, it, there's not a bike trail. They don't have a new library here? <laughs> Forget it, Sally. Forget this town. I'm with you. There's no public swimming pool? Oh, no, I'm never going to live here. You know, so I don't understand these stupid local mayors and city councils that make these ignorant decisions. You know, I, I had a, I had I a agree friend with of mine you. ask me about it. He's like, well, you know, if you're going to be a cop, you know, it needs to be like an airline pilot, you know, because that's life or death, you know. You don't see these pilots flying planes at the side of mountains. I'm like, dude, if you want to fly for American Airlines, first you got to get a bachelor's degree. Then you got to fly somewhere else for 10 years to get in the hours, either in the military or for a smaller airline, right? Then you get to become an assistant pilot for American Airlines. And then if you get to become an American Airlines pilot, you know, where you can fly a 737, say, from New York to London, you know, you make a half million dollars a year, you know. Right. Got to prove yourself first. But there's no comparison. Oh, I agree. So, so, I, if you I, want, so if you want a good police department, you need to pay them and train them and stop blowing money on ignorant things. The money's there. You just waste it. I got you. Matt Smith is our guest. He'll come back, finish up this hour. Robert Steinbach is texting me articles, so I know he's awake and ready to talk. He'll be up in the next hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're about at 10 minutes till 7. Stay tuned. More coming your way. Let's uh, finish up here this hour with Matt Smith, 8 minutes until 7 on a Friday. Looks pretty nice outside right now. Uh, Currently it's 74 degrees. Winds are coming out of the south at about 3 miles an hour. So uh, just keep in mind that. They're saying by the weekend, we could see heat indexes over 100 degrees. I know some of you don't like that. I do. I like it. I'll be sitting out on my deck, having an adult uh, drink by my side, and have my toes in my pool. That's what I'll be doing. I'll just let you know right now. All weekend long, and I'm looking forward to it. I will kick back and relax. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to the movies again. Uh, There's some new movies that are coming that you'll want to know about, and I'm going to have Matt run through those again for you. All of his theaters are open. They've got uh, $5 movies for you to see right now. They've got reduced prices on going to the concession stand. I mean, this is a time to go to the movie. Maybe there's a movie playing uh, uh, that's a classic that you just haven't seen since it was back on the big screen. Now's the time to go see it again. 
Here's your time. You see, for five bucks, that's the way to go see movies. When you can save some money and kick back in one of those leather recliners and, uh, you know, kind of lay back a little bit and relax. So let me just ask you, you had talked to me about things that you wanted to do over the next few years. This has had to put some of that on hold, has it not? Yes. Yes, yes. I Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's, um, yeah, I, I, I think we had an extreme overreaction in just closing down the economy. Oh, I agree. Uh, that's extreme. And, you know, now we've got hundreds of thousands of people uh, walking around, protesting, uh, spitting on each other, screaming at each other, drinking out of the same water bottle, eating sandwiches together, uh, you know, sweating on each other, touching on each other, hugging on each other, zero social distancing, uh, you know, uh, vast majority of them not wearing masks. You know, um, now, if if anything that we were told back in March is true, millions of people should be in the hospital, millions, by the 4th of July. If millions of people aren't in the hospital by the 4th of July, man, we were sold some lies back in March. Yeah, we were sold some goods, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, but I, I just, I mean, you see it on TV. You know, they have hundreds of thousands of people, you know, just on top of each other in, you know, Washington, D.C., New York, Atlanta. I mean, you've seen that. So if there's any truth to uh, what Dr. Fauci and, you know, the other people were saying on TV back on the 1st of March, right, millions of people should be spending the 4th of July in the hospital. I don't think it's going to happen. So if um, all those people can crowd up on each other and sing Kumbaya out there in the street, right, and we're not worried about the virus, why can't we have a baseball game, a football game? Why can't we, you know, let uh, people go eat inside a restaurant at the seating capacity that the restaurant was built to have? Why can't, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying. Sure, right? I, I understand. It was really funny how quickly people forgot about COVID-19, wasn't it? Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yes, there's a valid reason to protest what happened in Minneapolis, and uh, that certainly was a crime, and that certainly is wrong. That guy's got to be punished. I understand that. But I think a lot of this backlash comes from the stupidity of closing everything down. You know, if you've been sitting at home for weeks and weeks and weeks and your car is getting repossessed, you don't have a job, you're getting evicted from your apartment, your house could be foreclosed on, you're having to go get in a food line to get a box of food from the food bank, you're waiting on a stimulus check to try to keep your electricity on. And Might you're be a little sitting, frustrated, huh? You've been, you've been worried about that month after month after month you know, week after week after week, and and you're already at your breaking point. And then you see that video on TV, that could be the straw. That pushes you over. I think if this had happened in May of 2019, you wouldn't have this amount of backlash across the country. A lot of this protesting is based off the stupidity of closing down the economy as well as what happened in Minneapolis. Well, you got all the people at home, and what are they doing? They're watching television. What are they seeing? They keep seeing over and over and over again a bad cop with his knee in somebody. Well, four bad cops. I understand. With their knee in the guy's throat. I mean, that's what they're seeing over and over and over again, Matt. One of those cops was on his fourth day on the job. Okay? His fourth day. The other guy was on his third shift. His third shift. Uh-huh. His third shift. And the guy that that put his knee on the neck was the 19, 20-year-old veteran. 
You know, yeah. it's your third. Yeah, it's your third shift. One of those guys is third shift. One of those guys is fourth day. You know, and 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 they both said, "Hey, uh, do we need to turn him over? Hey, what do we need to do different here?" And the twenty-year veteran overruled them. Right. Yeah, and a guy who had been in trouble multiple times. Yeah, and and you know, I'm, he he'd been written up in the past. He's obviously a criminal. He deserves the death penalty. He is a murderer. He is a killer. We can all agree on that, right? But that guy had a job. I would speculate because the Minneapolis Police Department is constantly shorthanded. They never have enough staff. They never have enough people at the academy. They never have enough training. And I'm sure when the guy made his first mistake, whatever that was, and they, you know, uh, wrote him up or suspended him without pay or whatever they did to him, right? In the back of that decision maker's mind, they were thinking, you know. Uh, I'm already shorthanded 50 officers or 100 officers, whatever the number is. It's a lot. If I fire this guy now, you know, I'm missing another one. I already got. I already don't have enough people to do this job. You see what I'm saying? Sure. And so, and so that's why that that first minor infraction was let go. So, so, an, if, so hold on. A, we got it. We got a break. Let me just make one last uh, statement to you, and I'll let you fume for the rest of the day. All right. <laughs> And, and that is, and what is Minneapolis doing to, to correct this? They want to defund the police. How's that one for you, Matt? Okay, you go and have a great day now, all right? All right, buddy. All right, Matt Smith here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And we're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Complete last night, Robert. Uh, Mountain Men's uh, ninth season started last night. Oh well, I just have to catch up on all la- of the last eight, and we'll be even. <laughs> I love that show, man. There's something about there's something deep inside of me that if I were a lot younger, not just a few years younger, but a lot younger, and could uh, maybe turn my attention to that, I might have done something like that. It strikes me, Dave, that you might just like the fact that they only take a shower once a month. <laughs> no, that's not exactly true about some of these guys. <laughs> what I what I think is funny is watching them because they pay them for doing these shows, of course, and some of okay. them they pay fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, and mm-hmm. you you watch from one season to the next and all of a sudden they got a new snowmobile and things of that, of that nature and you're going wow they must have had a really good year trapping last year you know that that's right that's exactly right it's fun it's it. fun to watch it but last night was pretty a pretty uh, interesting show and watching how they were trapping coyotes and stuff and then what they did with them after and i like how they do the disclaimer at the the the, the beginning uh, you know, man is not on top of the food chain in the wild, you know, viewer discretion uh, advised. And it is a show, you know, where 
one of the guys is trapping coyotes and it shows him skinning it and stuff and i can just see some urbanite going (laughs) i guess it's it's unlike other tv shows or movies that have the disclaimer no animals were hurt in this filming oh yes they were yeah they are in in this show last night it was the coyotes uh there was a big uh, guy the guy killed a big old uh a bull deer, and you're going to love this. He skins it out. He's he's ra- you know he's cutting it up, proportionate, so he can take you know get it back home for food for his family. And uh, he's part Native American, so he cuts the heart out and he takes a big old bite out of the heart. Oh. And you know because that's that's kind of a Native American thing. And you know he puts his head back and raises, puts his arms out and. <laughs> By the way, if I can make a political commentary, as you know, Dave, I happen not to be a hunter. It's not something that I particularly do, but I know. I, there are a lot of things I don't do. I have no problem with hunting. Right. Meaning, I, I think every one of my friends in Arkansas, well, every one of my friends who's from Arkansas is a hunter. Okay. And so you talk to the left, right? Oh, hunting, it's so cruel and it's mean and it's this. And it's not as if most of these people are vegetarians or vegans. They eat meat. So they'll eat meat at the supermarket. But if you want to go out and hunt meat, somehow you're the bad guy. It's, it's because these leftist bubbles, they have no idea what goes on out there in the real world. They have no idea that people actually go out and hunt for food, uh, and then they look down their noses through their bifocal glasses to tell you that they're better than you are. It's just so annoying. Well, it's really annoying is when they say, I'm going to go and get it from Walmart or Kroger because, you know, they make meat all the time. Exactly. That's my point. Is that, that a lot of these people they, they eat meat. It's not that they're vegetarians. And then yeah. the vegetarians, by the way, uh, some of them are fine, right? I mean, you don't want to eat meat. Also, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Heidi uh, is really then, it, Heidi is a perfect example. I think yeah, she's vegan. She's yeah, I think she's, she's vegan. vegan. Yeah. And here, yeah, here's fine. the key about her. You know, I wouldn't have known about it except that it came up in a conversation one day. And I kind of looked at it a little cockeyed, but then I moved on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't tell you, I didn't, I didn't even say a word about that at all. Right, right. You know, she's vegan. <laughs> you, know. You, know, you know, some people do it for healthful reasons and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Is that why you do it? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Is that a moral thing for you? Well, um, my dad, uh, he has a history of heart problems. And ah. then uh, last year I did a, a physical for my previous job, mm-hmm. and they saw that my cholesterol levels were just through the roof. Okay, and so, so you were eating meat before. Yes. Okay. Yes, very actively. Okay, so. so have you had your cholesterol taken since you've gone? Not yet. Uh, it'll, it'll probably be time in a couple of months, but uh, yeah, I, f- I feel a whole lot better. But that's just me, so it's not for everyone. Well, I don't, um, I'm not like yeah. some people. I don't eat meat every day. I yeah. really I really don't. No, I, actually, we as a population, for, from a health perspective, eat too much meat. Yeah. But that's just about mm-hmm. the quantity, not about yeah. whether one is permitted to eat meat. And we, and we should do a better job of focusing on lower fat meats and cutting the fat off meat. When I yeah. make, I happen to really like a strip steak, a New York strip steak. Yes, it's got absolutely. that big piece of fat 
right down the side. I cut it off before I even grill it. So we need to do a better job of that. But that's not whether one can eat meat or not. That's a wholly different discussion. Yeah, and I agree. Like I said, for her, it's not a moral decision. It's a health discussion. I, I got another friend, Rich Nichols, is the same way. He he can't be. He's got to watch his cholesterol intake because his body makes too much cholesterol as it is. Uh, went vegan because of uh, his cholesterol. Yeah. And, and by the way, I've got no problem if someone objects to eating meat based on moral reasons. That's that. Let's be clear. That's okay too. You think it's immoral to kill animals. Fine. Fine. Uh, people have all different kinds of views, right, Dave? You know, just just, as long, just as long as they carry it out to the, to the end of their, philosoph- their philosophy. If you say it's, a, it's not right to kill a cow, then it's not right to kill an unborn baby. That's a valid point. I think that's a valid uh, <laughs> argument. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I suspect you're right that all of a sudden that argument gets more complicated for those on the left. But put, even putting that aside, sticking just to the question of morality, people are entitled to their own morality. That's OK. Uh, the question is whether you can subscribe to that morality in a common environment known as a society and in our society. Our society has certain rules that cabin, that restrict your morality. In other words, if you had some sort of morality like the Aztecs where you'd go and take other people and bring them up to the top of a pyramid and cut their hearts out, we'd say, "Uh, guess what, you're going to jail. So there are limits to one's own personal morality. But one's own personal morality that doesn't include invading other people's space and and right to life and right to freedom, etc., that is the, the choice not to eat meat, Knock yourself out, but don't try to stop me. Don't right. try to stop other people. It's the imposition of that morality that is the dangerous part. I got you. All right. You know, I didn't even intend to talk about this. It, it just happened to come up because, well, I don't know. We start chasing rabbits sometimes. Indeed. Indeed. And, and, and for me, it's well, we, to catch them, and I, uh, I skin them, and I make gloves out of them, and I eat them. <laughs> My dad told a story that when he was young, when he was dating my mother in Israel, um, they uh, inadvertently hit a rabbit. Uh, And by the way, this was shortly after the the creation, literally shortly after the independence of the state of Israel. Could you imagine knowing someone who lived in a country that declared independence? You know, because, of of course, our country is well over 200 years old. And that's young compared to many. In any event. Uh, he inadvertently hit a rabbit with his car and uh, he got out of the car. Uh, It was dead. He um, uh, picked it up, brought it to my mother's parents' house. I think he gutted it on the side of the road, Right. uh, brought it to my mother's parents' house, and they made rabbit stew out of it. Yeah, they were hungry, right? That's right. I mean, this was a poor country with poor people needing food, and he wasn't looking to kill the rabbit, but he but he ran it over. Yeah, and that that became dinner. And see, we got into this talking about mountain men, and and that's what this guy was hunting a uh, mule deer for in the upper part of Wyoming, and that was to feed his family. Right. And he makes this. Well, he made this statement. Right. He says, "I don't hunt antlers. I hunt meat." 
That's that's nice, actually. I like that. What's the difference between a mule deer and the and the deer that we have here? Uh, we have white tail, and our, tail, our white tail, yeah, yeah. and they're smaller uh, deer. Mule deers are typically bigger and more muscular. I don't think they taste as good as white meal, uh, mule, uh, white tail. Uh, yeah. But I'll tell you what does taste good, and that is elk, and that is moose. Both of them taste unbelievably good. And elk and, and moose are different animals, right? Yes. Because they look similar, don't they? Yeah, they, well, kind of, kind of. They're big. Kinda, okay. They're big, gotcha. like a moose can be seven foot tall. Wow. Think and about have that. Have you eaten it? Have you ever eaten yes, moose? Yes, I've had moose, and it's good. Is it good? Yes. Is that right? It's very good. And <laughs> you take down a moose, and it can weigh 1,200 pounds. So enough food for more than one year, right? Yeah, well, more than one person, in fact. I, I have not gotten my chance to go up uh, to Colorado or into Alaska or whatever. I do want to do that. Uh, it's on my bucket list. But when you do that, you, you talk to some of your friends and you say, hey, uh, you want some uh, some moose meat I when mean, I get back? You and divide things. it up. Yeah, right? and, and yeah. I don't charge, you know, I wouldn't charge them. I just share it with mm-hmm. them because I don't even have room to store 1,200 yeah. pounds of meat. Well, could you, right, that would be several freezers, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, several yeah. freezers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. It's a, it, it, That is an amazing animal, and so is an elk. Elk is a huge mm-hmm. animal as well, but a moose is like really, really, really big. Uh, you, you don't realize it until you get up close to one, and it's taller than you are. <laughs> and, and it's looking at like looking at you like, you see these antlers? I could do you in right now. <laughs> I'd like to try I'd like to try it, seriously. Yeah, go out and, and do yeah. it. By the way, Chris is not here today. Did you hear what happened? He got a call. That he's going fishing? Yes, he got a call yesterday at the last moment. And one of the guides up there had somebody cancel on him and asked Chris if he wanted to go. Did he even give a second thought that that meant that he wouldn't be on the show today? No, of course not. He grabbed his rod and reel and went driving immediately uh, towards the Red River. He's supposed to get with me this morning, so he he better start doing it because uh, he uh, fishing or no fishing, we've got to do something today. So. <laughs> well, he'll be back in touch with you. He may be smelling when he comes back. May smell a fish guts or something. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, he won't have to clean them. The guy to clean them. That's one of the great things. You go up there and uh, anglers or whatever, and and get a guide at uh, time on the red and 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 in the white and get get yourself a. Uh, some trout or whatever that you're you're fishing for, and I'll guarantee you, you'll come back with your allotment. Your stringer will be full, and yeah, you'll bring it back, and you'll eat some good fish off your grill later on uh, during Chris. the summer. Have you done Chris it with Chris? And I went. Yeah, we went to White River, caught our limit, uh, and they were fantastic. And they were all, all rainbow. We only caught rainbow because the other ones are less prevalent, as you likely know. Right. We were hoping to catch some others, but the only ones we caught were rainbow. Rain- and they were delicious. Yeah, and this is what I always tell people. People say, well, did you catch and release? And I said, yeah, I released them into hot grease. <laughs> We released. We got. We we caught a few small ones, and we released them. Well, sure, you uh, want them to grow up to feed you a full meal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small size limit, uh, but it's it's too small to cook. You won't have anything, you know. Yeah, I'm um, with you. And we got some really nice ones, and they were delicious. I I think we Chris's family was there. I, we ate them all that day. 
Yeah, they didn't even go into the fridge. Yeah. I mean, we we came home, we cooked them immediately. A lot of people think that uh, don't like trout. Here's what kills me about people who don't like trout. They go, I say, do you like fish? Yeah, I love fish. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll do fish tonight. No, I don't want any trout. Trout tastes too fishy. It tastes too uh, fishy. That, <laughs> that makes me laugh. I learned, uh, but I learned th- there's some point to that. I like oily fish, fatty fish, which turns out to be cold water fish. Yeah, those it's fish good for you. Have mo- it's it's extremely healthy for you, and they have more fat, as I said, and that fat is where you taste more of that fishiness. And I and I appreciate your joke, which is it's like nobody says uh, that cow is too beefy or that chicken is too chicken, <laughs> right? Um, so, but. That fish that has the oil is more fishy than a drier fish, like a, a warm weather fish, like, like a, a red snapper. Like a perch. Like a, yeah. I don't like those fish. You know why? Too dry. Well, I also don't like white meat chicken. Too dry. Yeah. So I, I don't like, I don't like yeah. white meat. I always order Not, dark yeah. meat. Always. Me too. All right. Me stay too. where you're anyway, at. Don't run away. We'll do it. 21 after 7. Robert Steinbach is in the house. He, of course, my legal professor. We're talking fishing right now. What do you think? Uh, talking about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And he's right about cold water fish. I mean, that's why you eat salmon. Because mm-hmm. it's got all that oil in it. That's good. Omega-3s, baby. Anyway, we'll come back. We'll talk more than just fishing, I promise you. We're going to talk about the strangest thing that's come out of the out of this uh, death of this gentleman up in Minnesota, and that is defund the police. Craziest thing I've ever heard. We'll talk about it when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so they've had some problems up in Minneapolis with the police force over the last couple of years. Activists now in Minneapolis, I've never heard, this, this blows me away, Robert. And Robert, by the way, Robert Steinbach is a law professor over at Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the Bowen School of Law or the uh, university. Activists in Minneapolis are calling for more than just police reform. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of my show yesterday between 7 and 9, but that's what we were talking about. I had a whole black panel here on the show talking about uh, some things that need to be reformed within policing. They want the, They want the Minneapolis Police Department defunded. And those calls are now catching on elsewhere as demonstrations against police brutality sweep across the country and peaceful protesters are met with more barbarism uh, barbarism for speaking out against it. I am telling you this Rolling Stones article is wrong when it says peaceful protesters. I'm seeing some uh, head busting going on with people who are throwing Molotov cocktails that are setting buildings on fire, that are spray painting and defacing people's property, knocking out windows and stuff. Now, I'm seeing maybe some real force being shown there, but I haven't seen the police breaking into a peaceful protest and cracking people's heads open. Look, Dave, you and I have discussed many times that it's unfortunate and it's dangerous, but in police organizations that are made up of people, they have the not unique outcome of having people. What I mean by that, of course, is there are going to be bad apples. Yes, sure. And 
the the difficulty there is if you have a bad apple who's a radio host, well, what happens? He says stupid things on the radio. All and right, usually whatever. he'll get fired. And he'll get fired. Uh, if you have bad people on the police department, they kill people, or they can, and we've just seen that. So that's the risk. It's more dangerous. Same thing, by the way, if you have bad surgeons. Bad surgeons are more dangerous than bad radio hosts or bad law professors, right? So we need to be acutely aware, more aware, when you have bad actors. I don't mean like TV actors. I mean individuals in professions uh, that affect life and death. Uh, But the flip side is that the vast majority, I I don't like when people say majority because they're like, what, 52%? No, no, no. The overwhelming majority of law enforcement and doctors and radio hosts and law professors, well, we'll stop at radio hosts, uh, are, are, um, are, are good at their jobs. And so, and the notion that we don't need law enforcement is laughable. Yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah, just hold your thought because we'll, yes, we'll talk right, about we'll this, break. but we're going to go to Rush. He's He's got yes, his sir. morning update for us. When we come back, let's talk about this because they, they're already walking this back. and said, now, we're not saying get rid of the police. We're saying let's cut back on their funding. Well, let's talk about what does that mean? That means less police officers. That's what that means. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, 24 minutes till 8. Get 24 minutes to get your job on time. By the way, uh, the uh, Wall Street looks like it's going to go crazy today. Um, Robert, you want to know why? Mm-hmm. Big art- why is that? Big article just came out. The uh, unemployment rate, which was nearly 16%, mm-hmm. fell to 13.3%. Oh, because in May, in May, two and a half million jobs were added, were added, wow. not lost, wow. added to right. the economy. Back, right? That shows wow. you just just barely reopening the economy has a huge difference. Imagine when New York finally gets some cojones and California gets some cojones and they start getting their economies back up and running, uh, what that's going to mean. Uh, to uh, our country, and they don't want to do it too soon because they don't want to give uh, good news to the American public like what I just gave to them because that just was barely mentioned. Now now I'm looking up, and Fox finally has reported on it, saying that uh, 2.5 million jobs have been added, and May uh, unemployment is at 13.3%. Down about wow. almost three uh, percent. Wow! It, I told you as soon as we reignited the engines, if, if everybody would reignite, this economy is going to take off. Zoom right to the stratosphere. Well, there's no question, right? Because this was an artificial, albeit appropriate, imposition on the economy that we needed to get ahead of the virus. And as we do so, I'm still waiting for the immunization, uh, uh, the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, but no, when that comes, it's vi- going to really yeah. take off. Well, sure. Because when that comes, 
uh, we should be able to basically flip the switch. It'll take a little more than that to be clear to to resume. Uh, but that's why this is uh, an artificial distortion in the marketplace and why I and many other conservatives support some levels of what generally is called stimulus. I'm not sure it's exactly the right word, but that's the common sort of now demotic speech about it is that some level of stimulus because of this temporary and artificial interruption in the marketplace. Well, I, you know, I agreed with that for the simple reason it's the government that imposed this on business. The government has got to do something to uh, save businesses, but a lot of businesses are not going to be saved even if the government tries to save them. Uh, they were in a precarious position as it was. They made some bad business decisions. I'll give you a good example. J.C. Penney. J.C. Penney is closing down a bunch of stores. In fact, if you live in Conway, the one you have in Conway is going away. They announced that Conway's store is going to close. The one here in Little Rock is safer right now, just so everybody know. But, yeah, two and a half million jobs added in May. I think that's the first time that's happened since March. And uh, down to 13 or up to, down to 13.3 percent uh, on unemployment. That, that's a green number, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm seeing that they're saying that uh, Dow Jones, when it really gets open and gets going, is going to be up by over four and a half hundred points for 453 or something like that so it's going to take off that's exciting that means we'll be you know what that says we'll be close to 27,000 on the Dow when it when it all tanked back 30 right before the when it tanked it was in 20 it was in the 29,000 so we are getting back to where we were where we were and uh, we are inflicting we have inflicted a whole lot of of terrible things upon this country with what we've done to combat COVID-19 and only history is going to tell us if it was called for to do it the way that we did but I'll tell you right now what happened up in Minneapolis would not be as big of a story as it is right now and I'm not saying it's not a big story I want everybody to understand that I'm not saying or I'm downplaying this guy's being killed by the Minneapolis Police Department. I'm not. All four of those guys need to do jail time. One of them needs to do a whole lot more than the other three. But here is the key. Everybody was at home. They were being told to stay home. What were they doing? They were sitting in front of the TV, eating potato chips or whatever, watching television. And they watched that on TV. And they have been watching it day in, day out, protests riots day in day out and it looks much bigger than what it should be there's just a confluence of a whole bunch of events right uh and uh it's really disturbing and of course this does dovetail into the conversation that you and i had offline so to speak which is the op-ed that Tom Cotton wrote. Yes, and we, and we want to talk about that today, too, those poor babies up at the New York Times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the delicate little daisies uh, up at the New York Times. Uh, 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 all the news, you know, their old saying, which still appears on the it's paper. fit to all, print. All, right, all the news that's fit to print. But the truth is, that's not their motto in behavior. It's all the news that they see fit to print 
is what it really should be. They make, uh, 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 they present a overwhelmingly leftist biased uh, presentation, I'm repeating the same word, of the news. And it's gotten worse and worse. And a, a good friend of mine pointed out to me something that I didn't realize. I, when I started reading the New York Times uh, eons ago, it was a newspaper, it was hard copy newspaper, and they made their money on advertisements. In other words, when you paid for a newspaper, that covered the cost of the paper, literally. But that's it, meaning the physical paper, right. but not the employees. Well, that so, was the advertising that took care of that. That's right. That's right. And you know about that being on radio, the advertising. Well, guess what? It's a new model now in which advertisers aren't spending money on news outlets the way they used to. And so the newspapers make money now on their online subscriptions instead. Well, when they were subject to uh, um, having to sell ads, they needed to appear unbiased because Macy's or Dillard's or whatever is not going to put an ad in a leftist or no less a rightist uh, newspaper. They want it because they don't want to alienate half of their shoppers. Well, that's not a concern anymore because those resources aren't going to the newspapers. So now the newspapers are being funded by their readers, and their readers for the New York Times are leftists. So the more leftists they get, the more readers they get. That's so correct. they are doubling down on their leftist agenda. So now yeah. let's fast forward okay, to so, the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, let's right. just talk about that. Even the New York Times, the uh, of course, the... Our local pa- uh, paper, the Demgas, they're you're yeah. gonna you're reading it on an iPad now. They're cutting out the yes, the cost of the of the printing paper, and they go, well, an iPad costs you know this amount of money. I go, yeah, that's a yeah. hard cost. That that's is right. a hard cost. Printing paper keeps going up in in cost, and so they're they're uh, controlling costs better. By the way, just to move away from this, just for a second, I yes, just ter- uh, flipped up. I just looked up. After that news, and it wasn't because of me, but Fox reporting it, Squawk Box reporting it, uh, about the 2.5 million new jobs added and the 13.3% unemployment rate, which is down almost 3%. The Dow now, the futures, is at 648. 648. It jumped 200 points in a matter of moments. Amazing. 26901. That's where the Dow is sitting at right now. It's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm liking this. Anyway, let's go back to what we were, were talking about here because you're right. The, the whole thing that really blew me away about the New York Times thing is all of these reporters, and they show how left they are because the, uh, the New York Times printed an op-ed by our junior senator, Tom Cotton, that did not meet with their political belief system. Right. Let's let's just recap what happened. They published an op-ed, excuse me, by Senator Tom Cotton, and we'll talk in just a second about what that op-ed said. And it came out; everything seemed fine. And then a bunch of leftists that work for the New York Times started to tweet and otherwise criticize the paper for publishing that op-ed. By the way, which is against their internal 
rules, but they can have whatever internal rules as long as they're consistent with law uh, that they want. Uh, but they didn't do anything about those violations of their internal rules. In, in fact, quite the contrary, after there was enough of a leftist groundswell from the leftist mediaites working the New York Times, the New York Times now published a lengthy article, by the way, overly wordy article, not well edited <laughs> article. Look, I know what a good article reads like, and that ain't one of them. But in any event, overly wordy article saying, well, it didn't. It turns out the Tom Cotton op-ed uh, didn't meet our standards. Their, well, their political standard, their political That's belief it. system. But they didn't say that. Of right? course That's not. That's the truth. Yes. That's the truth. But they didn't say that. And, in fact, uh, Cotton's office said, oh, well, we look forward to hearing which standard it didn't meet. So, uh, I, interestingly, I didn't even see the Tom Cotton op-ed in the New York Times when it came out a couple of days ago, even though I read it regularly. I read it online. On on my phone, and the op uh, and the editorials and op eds are on a scroll that you have to separately scroll through, and I I do, and I didn't see it there. But in any event, maybe it was there, maybe it was hidden. Who knows? Uh, but I went back, of course, now and uh, read that op ed. Here's what the op ed says. Dave. Okay, don't it tell says, us. Don't tell us. Yes, sir. Make well, everybody make everybody wait for a moment. We're going to play some commercials for everybody. Then we're going to come back and tell you, what did Tom Cotton say? What did the senator say that upset the left so badly? Find out in a moment right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is ready to take care of all of your roofing needs and do it so that you can keep your social distancing going. You can follow all the safety parameters you want to follow uh, when it comes to the COVID-19, uh, they'll do uh, all of their talking with you on the phone or online. 707-3551 on the phone, piroofing.com on the internet. Uh, they can uh, come out, look at your roof, repair your roof, work with your insurance company, get everything taken care of, and you won't even have to uh, you know, get face-to-face with anybody. Not even close. Not even close. What you need to do, though, is you got to call them. You got to talk to them. If you're, especially if you're seeing, you know, the signs of leaks, discoloration on your roof, or you know, uh, discoloration or bowing and bubbling uh, on your, you know, on your walls and things of that nature. You need to get somebody to get something fixed and get it fixed quickly. Call the professionals, the people who can really do it. P.I. Roofing, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. All right, so what did Tom Cotton say that got the cotton pick in New York Times? <laughs> the New Clever. York Times upset. Go ahead. Well, Dave, you see, our senator had the temerity, the nerve, the gall to say those who are protesting, those who are seeking social justice, shouldn't be looting. Stealing a pair of sneakers is not an act of social justice. Stealing a TV set is not an act of social justice. Committing mayhem, injuring people, throwing Molotov cocktails 
is not, not an act of social justice. I'm giving the examples. Uh, the op-ed didn't give those examples necessarily. They may have some. Uh, and he goes on to say, and I think this is where the leftist delicate daisies really got their uh, uh, um, backs up. He goes on to say is, if there are riots, then the federal government should send in the military, as they've done historically, by the way. And, oh, my goodness, those uh, little delicate daisies, I keep using the same analogy, I should probably switch it up a little bit, um, you know, living in their uh, uh, lofts funded by their parents in Brooklyn, uh, were very upset uh, to read that because, you know, Let's be clear what it was. It's an op-ed, which means opposite editorial, opposite page editorial. doesn't mean it's opposite to the interests of the editorial writers for the New York Times. It means it, historically it was literally on the opposite page, meaning the Times has their internal uh, uh, commentary, and they publish it on one page. And then the other page is when people write in, but not letters, longer pieces, and those are op-eds. So Tom Cotton and I have written many of those, not to the New York Times, mind you. They wouldn't publish my stuff, mind, uh, of course, right? Uh, but uh, uh, Tom Cotton wrote this op-ed where he had the temerity to say that we should use federal government uh, military to protect our cities from mayhem, from danger, from violence, and oh my goodness, uh, they lost it. Well, you, you know what's or- really amazing about the left is that they act as if Jefferson got the Insurrection Act passed when he was president, and it was never, ever used. And sure. that is a lie. The last time it Absolutely. was used was, what, 1992? Yeah, that's right. In the L.A. riots, these uh, these leftists, let me be clear, are tyrannical. If you don't agree with the leftists, then you're evil. There is a um, editorial writer that The New York Times hired several years ago who they said, well, we want to bring in some conservatives. And they brought in someone kind of conservative. I mean, I'm not saying she's not, but she's far from sort of strongly conservative, but okay, she's kind of conservative. Uh, Barry Weiss is her name. Uh, It's it's a woman, B-A-R-I, Barry Weiss. And she wrote, I saw a tweet from her saying, look, uh, if Tom Cotton's, uh, uh, excuse me, she said, it's not that we should publish everything, right? And I agree with that. We have to have some filter uh, and we have to determine what is part of the reasonable discourse. Uh, so, right, if someone just wrote an op-ed saying, murder everybody, well, you're not going to publish that. But what's the point of publishing that? <laughs> and she said, and, but then she asked the question, uh, well, does Tom Cotton's op-ed fit into that paradigm of reasonable discourse? And she goes on to say, Maybe, but if it doesn't, you realize you're saying that over half of Americans' views you're calling unreasonable. I don't think she went quite far enough. Maybe, maybe, sorry, U.S. senators' views that reflect over half of the country's views are part of a reasonable discourse. Otherwise, who are you having a conversation with? Yeah, It's not like this is some sort of, 
scientific journal that deals with the microbiology of, in today's day, viruses. So, Dave, your and my opinion on how viruses work are, are irrelevant because we don't know anything about that other than kind of just the most basic uh, understanding. Uh, so, yeah, our views would be out of that scientific mainstream, but out of the political mainstream, well over half the country agrees with Tom Cotton, and she she poses the question, maybe that fits into the discourse, and I'm not sure, she's largely right about saying that, because uh, she's raising the question, that's, an, uh, that's a kind of a very strict filter. Maybe she was just being re- rhetorical, but I don't think she uh, struck quite the right balance, and maybe I'm being too tough on her, because really those who are to blame are the leftists who said quite clearly, Tom Cotton's views outside the mainstream, so well over half of America, we are going to act like three-year-olds, stick our fingers in our ears and go, no, 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 we don't want to hear you. Yeah. That's the editorial page of the New York Times. By by polls, by the way, it's 58% think that the looters and rioters need to be stopped, while less than 50% think that, uh, you know, the destruction of private property is is not violence. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. By the way, speaking of hypocrisy, Dave, which, as you know, we often point out on your show, we have a very good hypocrisy meter. Yeah, we do. And they say, right? And they say, well, burning buildings is not violence because I'm not even going to finish the because, right? Because it's so absurd. However, However, if you say this thing or that thing, if you if you have these views or those views, those are acts of violence. Wait, what? So if there are certain things said by other people you don't like, those are acts of violence. Uh Words are acts of violence, even though we know that cannot be the case. But acts of violence are not acts of violence because they are somehow statements. Is okay. that not a topsy-turvy world? That's the way it works. we got 30 seconds. Let me finish up our 30 seconds here. And the people who are saying that it's not violence are the people that are not down at ground zero whose businesses are being burnt, whose livelihoods are being destroyed, who uh, their lives are being completely turned upside down. They see that as violence. It's a violence against them particularly and against the community in, uh, in general. But specifically, it's against particular people. That is violence, my friends. And the only reason you say it isn't because you sit up in a frickin' ivory tower looking down and say, oh, the masses, let them eat ice cream. We'll be back. we got more going here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Continue the Dave Ellswick Show. We move into the final hour of this week's uh, uh, content and the final uh, hour for today. And uh, Robert Steinbach is still my guest. He fi- he finishes up with us uh, the last two hours of each week. And 
hopefully in the near future we'll be able to get him back in the studio uh, and join me here along with Chris Corbett and uh, have our conversation so that you can see him on camera because I've already had a couple people say where's where's Robert at and I wrote back he's still at home he's still you know self-quarantining keep that in mind but anyway uh, he'll be back with us in in the future a lot of you have asked is uh, uh, Joe doing all right Joe had some minor surgery on Monday I say minor now here's how you you define minor this way it's surgery that you're not having. <laughs> that's, that's, that's minor. You know, it's always major as far as I'm concerned when you're the person being cut on. And uh, he was cut on Monday. Uh, he said that he is still, uh, you know, sore, but he is doing well, and he hopes to be back on Wednesday of uh, this coming week. I told him, take it easy. Uh, we'll we'll uh, get that taken care of uh when we get closer to next wednesday if he can't be here he won't be able to be here next week so i told him to get better i gotta tell you that you know the person that i'm really uh happy with uh, that's doing good stuff on television and on the internet who's that laura logan she's got that i'm trying to know who that is yeah she's got a new she's got her show on uh on fox on that new uh, thing that they're doing on the internet and I'm actually going to start uh, paying to be able to get the uh, the information and uh, her thing is that uh, you know she's just out to give you the truth no agenda is what she calls her show Laura Logan no agenda she's been getting on uh, uh, Antifa now this is a reporter that has paid her dues I told this story yesterday I would tell it again today she was over when Mubarak was being uh, disposed over uh, in Egypt. She was there covering the story. And I forget which news uh, uh, network she was. But her and her crew uh, were out. And uh, some of the, quote, and I air quotes, protesters, okay, got between her and her crew and were able to m- literally move her away from people that would try to protect you if bad things were happening. And she ended up getting raped while she was covering uh, this news over uh, in Egypt. And and now she's, you know, uh, she's been doing work here. I didn't realize that was she. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was her. And, and you know, this is a woman who really believes in digging up the truth. And uh, if you get a, get a chance, go check out her stories on Antifa, because it is important that people understand what groups like Antifa are doing. And and for folks who are saying, yeah, it's it's all the left-wing groups, it's some right-wing groups as well. Because you know as well as I do, Robert, what happens, we talk about this, that when you take the extreme on the left and you take the extreme on the right, and you take, the same it, you take them to the end of their belief system, they end up in the same place. It's totalitarianism where they end up at. And so they don't care who they got to get in bed with to get to the point that they want to get to. They'll, they'll look, uh, a white supremacist groups, uh, a group will join up with Black Lives Matter if they think 
it will be the way that they get to their overall goal. They're all totalitarian, as you point out, Dave, uh, and they're not worthy of of, um, any true respect. Well, no, I don't. I don't respect them at all. Be honest with you. I of course. absolutely absolutely not. And I've been talking. You know this. I've been talking about Antifa for years now, and how everybody was just kind of eh, no big deal. Yeah, they are a big deal. They've there's some there's some centralized things going on with them that uh, I believe that uh, some of our uh, policing that we have out of Washington because they're the ones that can really do this. They got to find out where the money's coming from. Just like we go out to find where the money's coming from the terrorists and going to the terrorists in the Middle East, we got to find out where the money's coming so that we can find out why suddenly pallets of bricks are showing up uh, on the streets of uh, some of these cities where all this rioting's going up, and why on a specific corner suddenly there's water and food uh, for those particular people as well. I mean, it's coordinated. It's just not, you know, happenstance that this stuff happens. Somebody is coordinating this, and we need to find out who it is. Uh, absolutely. There, there, is, uh, um, there are efforts broader than the specific issues at hand uh, underway. Yeah, I just, I, I really don't, uh, I don't get it. It's just, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, to me now i'm i'm going to take up a segment here that we could probably talk but i think that and i i'm not going to play all of it but project veritas you're familiar with them and yes. uh they have done uh they they infiltrated a uh antifa cell and i i want you to listen to some of the things that these people are teaching uh folks that want to be part of antifa are you ready yes listen up we're both going to learn something. Here's cut number uh, 26. I've been undercover with Real City Antifa since July of 2000. Depending on the setting, if I were to be caught or found out in a setting where I am present with them, it could escalate to violence against me. Don't be that guy with the goddamn spiked brass knuckles getting photos taken of you. Police are going to be like, perfect, we can prosecute these f***ers. Look how violent they are. Right? Not that we're not, but we need Currently, I am a prospect for Rose City Antifa, and I am about halfway through the prospecting process to become a full-fledged member of Antifa. What you do if you is, ruin their day, if you like heckle them, you make them feel like they look ridiculous, you make them feel outnumbered, and therefore their whole yay, yay, America, Trump thing is going to go by the wayside. Uh, they reached out to me through Proton Mail, 
and we went back and forth and there was a, an, an interview set to meet up in Portland so to verify that I was me they had me wear a white shirt and have a water bottle and show up at a Starbucks where a person was going to ID me and approach me and asked who I was and I told them and I f followed them to the destination where the interview was going to be held. There uh, we went to a place called Imperial. They were getting this trade craft from someone else, someone with much more experience, someone who did this for her living. Caroline, which is the founder of RCA, moved to Sweden with her husband, who is a dual citizen. So there, there's a back and forth with the European connection. Rose City Antifa holds required lectures for prospecting members in secret at, in other words, bookstore before they open. Okay, I, that's all I'm going to play as this. part of their security... But I, I'll tell you, they, here in just a few minutes, they start talking about how to gouge eyes and things of that nature. That's what they're teaching people. And this is a well-organized group. There's a story that we just posted on uh, Dave Ellswick... Uh, uh, the Dave Ellswick show on the Facebook page. Go take a look at it. It's by Laura, uh, uh, who we were just talking about. And in the story, she says she uh, says she's got the goods that Antifa finances Black Lives Matter and other groups as well. I mean, this is serious, serious stuff. This is this is insurrection kind of stuff. Is what we're we're having, and it worries me. That we actually have starting in our own midst a kind of a Bolshevik revolution, Robert, and it and it worries right. me. Right, right. Well, the the leftists have been using the language of communism recently. Oh my gosh, he's calling them communists. It's such a typical conservative right wing extremist way of shutting. No, sorry. Let me let you in a little secret. I, I have studied and I understand well the language, the locution um, of Marxism, of communism. My father lived under communism and taught me about the evils therein. And this is what they do. They attack the foundations of freedom. Mm -hmm. There, There's one. Someone sent me an article about uh, a an academic which is capitalism is founded on racism. Capitalism is founded on racism. You know what capitalism is? It's, it's the lack of a government system overwhelmingly. There's a small component than what could argue relates to government. But most of it simply means if you and I are stranded on a desert island, and I've got coconuts from my side of the island, you've got bananas from your side of the island, and we decide to trade them willingly, Without stealing them, that's the part that <clears throat> might require some government-type interaction, intervention, I should say. Uh, that's capitalism. It's the willing trading of goods and services. That's based on uh, notions of slavery, of racism. How? How? Well, you see, there was slavery involved. Well, of course, the slavery was was a part of the world's history for eons. And it's awful 
But it doesn't mean, therefore, that those other systems that were around at the same time are also based on slavery. Christianity was around during slavery. Judaism was around. Buddhism and, and, I mean, you name it, all the major religions of the world. They are old religions, right? Well, slavery existed during those times. Are you saying that the major religions of today and historically are based on slavery? But nonetheless, the claim is repeatedly made that capitalism is inherently racist and based on slavery. That's a false claim. It's a false narrative. That's right. And it is the narrative, quite literally, of communism. Communism was capitalism is evil. Capitalism is classist. They, they focused more on class than they did race. But the, the construct is equivalent in terms of its argument. And therefore, it must be replaced by, of course, the benign control of government until the people can take over. By the way, the people never took over because it doesn't happen. No. No, the, it is the a elites, communist the elites, narrative. Yeah. Sorry, you don't like it? It is a communist narrative. It's the truth. We'll be back with more yeah. truth for everybody about this when we come back. Dave Ellswick Show here on uh, 1011 FM, The Answer, 820. On. All right, let's give you some more information about Antifa here before we, uh, we finish up this half hour. Robert, uh, Laura Logan, in uh, an appearance today on Fox and Friends, was talking about A.G. Bill Barr talking about bad actors getting involved uh, with the uh, civil unrest that's going on in our country. And she had this to say. I'm just going to quote her. I'm not, I don't have time to download the audio right now. It says, I, I have been open to various sources and uh, counterterrorism sources and other threats throughout the law enforcement commun- community. Uh, adding, and the obvious suspect that they point to are China and, of course, Iran as well, and some of them from Russia also. I also spoke to a world leader on a long, uh, a long way from here. I won't say who. And even from across the world, they are hearing that America is really tearing itself apart from within, and they see this as a moment of strategic opportunity. There you got it. That's why it's going on. There are a lot of forces at work. Uh, There are legitimate protests, and there are others uh, as well, as you point out. And also, uh, there are. That's one contrast. Another contrast uh, are or is legitimate protests, and what Tom Cotton aptly aptly points out is violence and mayhem, Mm -hmm. uh, and the latter needs to be uh, controlled, period. Yeah, the the bottom line is you know there's something going on. When you have staging areas, uh, that's a military term, all right? The military has staging areas. Uh, We know we have something that we want to get done, and I know this from my time in the military. And so there's specific areas that you tell your troops, your ammunition's going to be here, food's going to be here, that kind of stuff. That That's where you need to go. And we're going to stage what we're going to do from those areas. They're following military techniques here, Robert. 
That that they are. That they are. Not not to say that some disgruntled veterans aren't part of these groups. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's something we got to pay attention to. That I mean, that's the main thing. I'm not saying that there's a full scale insurrection going on. But it sure does look like the starting blocks are out of the starting blocks now and have been for a while. But now uh, they're starting to sprint a little bit and we better get in there and stop them. And people better start wisening up to some of this. It's exactly right. Yeah, they really, really, really do. You, 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 you know, I know. Everybody's emotional about what happened in Minnesota, rightly so. But do not let your emotions override your reason. If you do, you're going to find yourself painted into a corner someplace. That's what's going to happen. And like Tom Cotton says, uh, of course, legitimate protests uh, are uh, not only acceptable, they are a core tenant of the... um, concepts that undergird the american system yeah they're part of america that's right that's right you see you could say the one sentence it took me four because i'm an academic (laughs) Uh, but violence (laughs) is not acceptable mayhem is not acceptable and we will uh, use law enforcement and the military if necessary to prevent exactly that and that is that is appropriate All right, so we've got 25 minutes left on a Friday program with Robert Steinbach. And, Robert, uh, let's talk a little bit about this. We need to defund the police department because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's things that pop up from time to time in America, and people start saying, yeah, let's do that. And I say, uh, do you realize what that means? Now, let's, let's... Make sure everybody understands that defund the police department does not mean no money for the police department. It means what it says. Defund. Cut the funding uh, for police. Take that funding and put it in other areas. So now what we have, we have room for a discussion here. We've got people that say we give too much money like we in, in... In the United States, we have this uh, discussion at times about the military. Do we fund the military too much, or should we take some of that money and put it in other places? We've done that at times, and then we find ourselves in in trouble with bad actors like ISIS uh, in other parts of of the world, or, uh, you know, uh, the whole thing with the Taliban and and, uh, all of those kinds of things. If you defund your police department... What you're going, you know, who's going to really suffer? The poor, uh, the neighborhoods in the poor neighborhoods of your cities. Because if you defund, you don't have enough money to pay the officers you need to be out on the streets to uh, stop crime, and it's going to be the poor communities that are going to pay the the ultimate cost of this. Of course. That's the irony of all this, is that uh, the the police, uh, uh, of course, come to the aid of those living in poor communities, those living in minority communities, those living in rich communities, those living in non-minority communities. 
And good people throughout all of those neighborhoods understand the value of good policing. And they understand also that there are examples of bad policing. And so this uh, throwing out the baby with the bathwater notion that is being um, promulgated by extremists on the left, of course, is nonsense. And and it's it's a call for anarchy. And anarchy allows those who are most powerful outside the system of government, outside the system of law, uh, to um, to dominate. And that's, of course, dangerous. That's what we don't want. It also allows outsiders, foreign nations, uh, to take advantage uh, of opportunities uh, when there is unrest mm. internally in the United States. We just so talked about these, that. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So that's the uh, that's really um, the the tragedy that's going on, as you point out in the introduction to this section, uh, to the segment rather, uh, which is that defunding the police is going to cause significant problems in the very neighborhoods that everyone is looking to protect. Yeah. So you got Juan Williams, who you see on yeah, the, in the afternoons. Uh, on Fox, and he's kind of, he's he's a he's a lefty. He's not a hardcore lefty, but he's a lefty. He's more of a softy, uh, and he says this is crazy to do this. I, I never thought I'd find myself walking arm in arm uh, with Juan Williams, but here's what he says. He says, "quote To me, it's poor communities that need higher levels of attention and engagement from the police to produce good policing to make people feel safe in their homes." And in terms of their stores, property, and the rest, he added that rather than defunding law enforcement, the focus should be on improving law enforcement and community engagement. He says, quote, you need good policing. It's clear from the statistics I see that half the people who die from police shootings are white. But remember, blacks are only 13 percent of the population. And according to those numbers, Black people are killed at twice the rate of white people by police. In fact, he said, it's not only that, they are twice as likely to be unarmed. So there's a situation uh, that he brings up there. I forget in Baltimore, uh, they taught their police different techniques on how to defuse situations. And in three years, they went from 23 shootings in the city by police to two shootings a year by the police so i i think that there's there's education that can be done that can make police policing better there are non-lethal methods that the police should have at their hand and i think beyond just a, a taser i i wish that they would load them up with bean bags at times uh, as well but that takes a a completely different uh, um you know weapon to be able to use those because they're going to have to have guns with bullets because criminals have guns with bullets. Oddly enough, isn't it? Isn't that strange? Oddly enough. Oh, well, maybe they can just carry around teddy bears and, uh, uh, and sprinkles and give those to the people committing violent crimes. Yes. Yes, I agree. There are, it, it, we played a piece from Batman yesterday. You know, the one that had the Joker in right. it. And it's right. the part where Michael Caine is talking to, to Batman. 
and he's explaining to him when uh, when Alfred served with the British Army over in Burma or something. Are you are you pulling that back up by any chance? Can you pull that back up? You you had it yesterday. I'm sure it's in our history. And, and I'm going to let uh, Heidi find it. I want to play it again because there are people in our society. Thank God they're the minority. I mean, the real minority, very small minority that don't really want to be part of society. They don't really want to be, you know, your friend or or have a conversation with you. You know, all they want to do is be in charge. Uh, they just want to be the person uh, in power uh, to be able to call who's going to do to do what. And and so they dealt with that. This was one of my favorite Batman movies because they honestly dealt with a lot of societal issues. And here's Alfred talking to Batman, Robert. Listen to what he says. A long time ago, I was in Burma. My friends and I were working for the local government. They were trying to buy the loyalty of tribal leaders by bribing them with precious stones. But their caravans were being raided in a forest north of Rangoon by a bandit. So we went looking for the stones. But in six months, we never met anyone who traded with him. One day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was good sport. Because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. There you go. No truer, no truer segment in a movie ever. I'm glad you've compared them all. But nonetheless, I think your point is well taken indeed. And there are people who are anarchists out there. And whatever the motive is, Dave, whether it is someone who is an anarchist, whether it's someone who uses as cover the the legitimate um, investigation and protest of wrongdoing, uh, as they use that as cover to steal a pair of sneakers, whether it's someone who misguidingly believes that stealing a pair of sneakers uh, serves some social justice outcome, uh, whether it is someone who believes uh, inaccurately that violent protest is the same as political speech, we can have no tolerance for that kind of behavior. We need to have law enforcement prevent it and uh, then arrest people who commit it. That's common sense, Dave. I agree. I mean, I'm with you on, on this, but people got to understand there are bad actors, bad people, psychopaths, crazy people, whatever you want to call them. There are bad people in the world, and they don't care what bad they have to do to you to get where they're going. we got to take a break. Let's get to that. Robert Steinbeck back with me for the final segment. Great news. We broke 27,000 on the stock market right now. It's still early, I know. But the Dow Jones is up 
two and three quarters percent, 787.98 points. A break and more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. I was having a great talk just a moment ago, uh, Robert, with with uh, Heidi. And uh, yeah. she, we, that commercial we were playing, and the guy who's talking has got an Australian accent. It's the plug-in pest-free commercial. Yeah. It's, it's that. I just, I love it so yeah. much. It makes me happy. Most people like an, an English or an Australian accent. Women especially. I like both. Love English <laughs> and Australian uh, accents. Well, we had an RAF contingent when I served on Guam and uh, from Australia. And I got, man, I had a great time with those guys. I learned how to, you know, they don't play baseball. They they play cricket. And uh, I learned how to play cricket with them. And, and they were the ones that introduced to me to Foster's Beer. And I, I, I again felt old as I was talking to Heidi, because Heidi is very young. She's 25. And uh, I was talking to her, and I said, yeah, you know, they gave me this beer that was the size of an oil can. And she couldn't relate to that, uh, Robert. I don't know how to put it in any other way except that a 12-ounce beer is not the same as a Foster's beer. A Foster's is huge, and they would bring out the ice cooler with Foster's beer in it, and we'd have a few a few Foster's and play cricket and had a great time. I, I, I loved those guys. They were just great, great um, uh, Air Force pilots and uh, good people over there on Guam. I don't know if they're still at Anderson or not. Uh, I hope they are. But anyway, what can I say? I just, I digress, but I do that on this show, as you know. And of course, when you say, what are you doing? I say, it's my show. (laughs) There you go. There you go. You know, I can talk about that stuff. I love it. Love talking about that stuff. But this whole defunding the police, you couldn't have convinced me in a million years. There's so many things that have happened over the last, since Obama took over, let's just say 10 years, all right, that just rocked me of some of the different thought processes that are going on in our country that are diverging so far from what this nation uh, is and has been about. And I'm not talking about racism or anything like that. I'm talking about freedom. I mean, people giving up freedom. I mean, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Kellyanne, uh, the the, the uh, president's press secretary, talked about the First Amendment the other day. Uh, do me a favor there, Heidi. Play cut number 24. Cut number 24. This is quick. Give anyone the right to riot. The First Amendment does not give anyone the right to loot. The First Amendment doesn't give anyone the right to burn down buildings. The First Amendment does not give anyone the right to deface property. And it does not give anyone the right to assault private citizens and to assault police officers. The First Amendment, however, does give you the right to peaceably assemble. And the greatest example that we have seen of peaceful protest, an absolute embodiment of the First Amendment is the March on Washington. There you go. All right. You know, going back to the Constitution, people, here's the problem. How many people really know what the Constitution says anymore? We don't teach it enough in our schools. Look, 
Dave, we've been talking most of today's show about this notion. As simple as it is, the First Amendment allows one. There are many rights indeed found in the First Amendment. Most people, uh, unfortunately, don't recognize that. Let's see if I can do it off the top of my head. You've got the the right to speech. Yeah. You've got the right to press. Mm-hmm. You've got the right to peace of peacefully uh, assemble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the, the uh, right to petition the government. That mm-hmm. means file a lawsuit. You've got the freedom from uh, religion and the freedom of religion. Uh, I think that's all six of them. Uh, And, of course, speech and press uh, uh, and assembly is what gives rise to the ability to protest. Uh, Maybe press a little bit less so, but probably partially so, uh, but certainly peacefully assemble. And uh, speech are the defining characteristics of a peaceful protest. So there's no doubt that at the core of American values are peaceful protests. There is no right to violence. Plain and simple. And those that believe and say no less openly without any fear that rioting and mayhem are good things uh, are acting contrary to law and acting contrary to the notions uh, embedded in American culture, uh, their claims to the contrary notwithstanding. And so when Tom Cotton aptly says, Oh, uh, if you're going to burn down buildings, if you're going to injure and kill people, we are calling in the police. And if necessary, we're calling in the military. And that's appropriate. Yeah, everybody has to understand the Insurrection Act was written to get past posse comitatus. All right. Posse comitatus says that the, the active military cannot take part against its own citizenry. Uh, however, in cases of insurrection or in cases of uh, bad actors within our borders, our military can go to the streets and secure order. Notice that I said in cases of insurrection, there are part there's there's an insurrection going on. At ground zero where the riots are at. You cannot riot and it not be an insurrection. Because if, well, you're, if you're rioting, whether it be in Watts, whether it be in, uh, in L.A., whether it be in D.C., whether it be in any of these cities, uh, what you're trying to do is overthrow the legal authorities. That is an insurrection. Yep. Yep. Well, look, if it's violence, it's insurrection. If it's not violence, it's not insurrection. That's cr- that's can, the easiest way to, to show it. You're exactly right. Uh, you can seek you can seek to quote overthrow end quote uh, a government by voting them out. Now that's a little play on words. To be clear, it, dep- it depends what we mean by overthrow. One might say that inherent in that term is violence, but you could interpret it perhaps otherwise. Uh, but what you can't do is use violence. It is that. Simple. And and if overthrow includes violence, which I think is the better read of the word, by the way, uh, then you can't overthrow government. No, you cannot. That is 
contrary to our American system. And that's what nihilists and uh, communists and um, anarchists want to do, no doubt. But sorry, you can't do that and be consistent with our American values and our American system. And to be clear, some of them admit that. They say we're, we're not acting consistently with those values. Well, guess what? If you want to do that, people are going to take up arms. And one way that they take on, up arms is through their police and through their military, which is exactly what Tom Carpenter, excuse me, Tom uh, Cotton I'm sorry about the confusion. One is our great senator. Other is our anti-transparency local attorney uh, for the city of Little Rock, just to be clear. Um, And uh, that's what Tom Cotton was saying. And he's right. Well, here's the key. Our Constitution is set up so that we can make the necessary changes uh, that we feel that we have to make through peaceful ways, through the ballot box. That way we don't have to go and overthrow the government. Jefferson said that. he. I mean, he said that at times, you know, the blood of patriots maybe have to be spilled and uh, to nourish the, the tree of freedom. I understand that. But he's the man that helped write the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and said to everybody, look, there's ways that he's president of the United States. We can do this, you know, peacefully. Peacefully, We don't have to do it with Molotov cocktails and bricks and setting people's property on fire and with guns as now we've moved into guns uh, in some of the major cities. By the way, let me give you one last thing that tells me why the uh, Dow is going so crazy. Uh, AstraZeneca just released this information. They will have, they're saying, they will have 2 billion doses of a vaccine for COVID-19 by September. I can't wait. That's, I'm going to take two. Can I well, take two? they said that it might take two, and that, that's the way it oh, is. Well, that's go. the way it is with you know pneumonia now. If you're, that's right. if you're over a certain age, they give you two shots to cover all the strains. Uh, that's some really good news to make our way into the weekend, isn't it? Absolutely. I can't wait. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week, Robert. You have a great weekend and make uh, Chris, uh, you know, cook you some fish today. All right. Indeed. All right. We'll see you later. Robert Steinbach here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be back on Monday. Remember, God gave you a whole week of life. Give him one day this weekend, at least one hour.